This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Full Press Packers Pod. Part of Full Press Coverage. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Senra. And yeah, it's our first episode of 2023. Didn't miss January because we're technically recording this on January 31st. Um, so didn't miss this. We've been out for a whole month, though. Um, and uh, yeah, back uh, in time to preview the Super Bowl. So joining me for this episode, since the Chiefs did in fact make it to the Super Bowl, is Full Press Chiefs Managing Editor, Brayton Holacek. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, Kyle. Thanks for uh, having me on. It's always it's always great to, uh, to interact with you. You have a lot of great insights and... Uh, just really like a lot of your takes on the game. So really excited to be here. Uh, likewise, I mean, you do so much great work for full press coverage, uh, the constant articles on fullpresscoverage.com. And uh, for anyone who doesn't check out the full press coverage YouTube page, Braden's on every, uh, usually every Sunday in the mornings with uh, our, our big boss at full press coverage, Ian Glendon. And uh, you two do a fantastic job uh, on those Sunday morning streams. Thank you. Congrats on the Chiefs making the Super Bowl. Packers didn't even make the playoffs, although we all knew that. Luckily, folks, we won't talk much about the Packers, even this if this is a Packers pod. But uh, yes, really, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers being traded, but that's not really any news, right? Like, that's that, that, we've been talking about that for two years. So is, is that really any breaking news? But that's basically the only Packers news right now is the, the rumors swirling around of where Rodgers can go. And yeah, I'm sure we'll definitely touch on that as uh, once once the playoffs are done. But we still have one football game left to go. So Chiefs-Eagles, you must be excited for this. Yeah, it's uh, there's just a lot, I think, really good, wholesome headlines. I think that that immediately stand out. Andy Reid um, with the win over the Bengals became the uh, got the second most wins among head coaches in, in playoff history and now gets to face his old team after he was with Philadelphia for 14 years. So um, I, I think a, a coach that's had that much success getting that opportunity is, is really 
uh, exciting with how rare that is. And then of course, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, uh, the first players that'll, that'll be brothers to square off in the Super Bowl. So um, whoever wins will, will get their second Super Bowl ring compared to the other brother. And uh, just, I, I think the young quarterback talent also really impressive. Jalen Hurts um, obviously kind of came out of nowhere for some people and, and Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, even with losing Tyree kill, looks like he's going to get a really good chance to win his second MVP. So uh, just, just a lot of really exciting headlines. I think that immediately stand out to the mark on Mahomes. And I've been saying this kind of for years now, and I definitely said it this year, even with losing Tyreek Hill, I still thought he would be the best quarterback in the NFL. I still predicted he would lead the league in passing touchdowns. I was correct about both of those because I still think he is the best quarterback in the NFL. It's funny because I thought Burrow might be the second best quarterback, or at least at the very worst, I think you'd probably say he's the third best. And I thought the ankle injury Mahomes suffered uh, during the divisional round going into uh, the FC championship game, the fact that he wasn't hundred percent, would that be enough to for Burrow to overtake it against most other quarterbacks he'd probably fare okay but maybe Burrow and the Bengals were the one team where he really couldn't afford to be injured and uh I mean it came right down to the wire 23 20 uh kick it basically as time expires so it was close it certainly could have gone either way but uh even with the injury it looked like Mahomes still showed why he's the best yeah and I think the biggest difference maybe in this this matchup with the Bengals compared to the other three were where Cincinnati was victorious. I thought the Chiefs were a lot better in situational football, both sides of the both sides of the ball on third down. Um, obviously they got four sacks pretty early. Chris Jones, I think, had I want to say two sacks. Frank Clark had one and a half, who uh he's kind of a player that regular season is is maybe just uh, a big warm-up and and he just seems to find his groove in the playoffs more than anything. And then uh you look at the third down offense for the Chiefs in this game. Uh, I thought they did a really good job just protecting Mahomes for the most part. He did have to kind of run and scramble when the Bengals did make some good coverage down the field. But um, I, I thought for the most part, they kind of did better in situational football. Uh, I, w- I was really worried on that fourth and one where they went for it early in the game and it ended up being a touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey. It's it's kind of weird how much they've really struggled in uh, in short yardage situations and they just decided to kind of throw it down the field. Uh, within that 15 yard line so I think that situational football was was the biggest difference in Kansas City finally executing there against Cincinnati the third and short struggles this year I think they were 31st in uh, conversions on third and one this year what was the reason for that was it were they being unsuccessful in the run game were they refusing to run and just trying to pass all the time and and leading incompletions like what what did you think seeing them this year was the the biggest reason that they didn't have success on third and short I think mostly it might just be pretty, pretty vanilla play calling. I, th- I think there's not a lot of substance to their um, short yardage run play calls where they just really try to pound it up the middle. Uh, they did use the fullback Michael Burton early in the season, who was pretty successful last year, but didn't have that success this season. And then uh, even with some of the power that Isaiah Pacheco has, it just seems like um, he's still trying to figure out maybe how to read the field and, and kind of read blocks here and there. So I think it's a little bit of a mix of that and just uh, maybe not always having the the confidence necessarily. I think Patrick Mahomes has talked about um, he's still a fan of the quarterback sneak, but since he had that freak injury a few years ago, that that's kind of out of the playbook for the Chiefs right now. So it's kind of that weird dynamic where um, they're almost too vanilla, I think, with their play calling in those areas. I mean, I know you never want to take Mahomes off the field, but could you just have Chad Henney do a QB sneak? I'm sure he knows right. how to. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I I didn't even think about that. Sometimes they'll do the 
the tight end sneak where Noah Gray or, or uh, Blake Bell, if he's active, uh, will kind of shift in behind the center. And, and for the most part, I think that's worked. But you've seen a lot of other teams kind of pick that up and, and it becomes a little bit more predictable for defenses as well. Yeah, because when you bring Chad Henney in, you know they're not throwing it. There's no reason they're going to take Mahomes out of the game to then throw it. So you know they're running it and they're probably running the QB <laughs> sneak. I know my mentality is, you know, CFL background a little bit where most teams in the CFL, you know, in a bit of a different context, you know, uh, the neutral zone is one yard in the CFL. So the defense is lined up an entire yard away from the offensive line. So the ability to gain one yard is pretty automatic. Like most seasons, like teams on third and one are usually about 70%. And again, three down. So third and one is really like fourth and one in the CFL. But teams just constantly go for it, even from their own side of half, just because they know it's almost automatic, they'll get it. But a lot of teams will bring in their backup quarterback to do it. And they don't mind telegraphing it because it's so tough to stop. Even though the other team knows it's coming, it's so difficult to stop it that you don't mind you're telegraphing it. In the NFL, not having that one neutral zone line of buffer, that one mm-hmm. full yard of, of between the, the, the offense and defense, that makes it more difficult. And, and if and if you do get predictable, it can give them the edge they need. So I was I was kind of half joking when I said it, but uh, you know, Andy Reid's pretty creative. I'm sure he can find a way to creative way to get Chad Henney into a QB sneak formation without looking like it's a QB sneak formation. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think back to some of the uh, – they obviously had that snow globe play uh, this year against the Raiders, and I think it was Super Bowl 54 against the Niners. They kind of did this um, play. They, I guess, found – it was like a former Rose Bowl play back in like the 1940s or 50s um, where like the quarterback, two running backs and the tight end were on the backfield, and they kind of shifted and did a direct snap to Damian Williams, I think it was at that time. So I, I think it's sometimes just Andy Reid finding anything he can from – football history whether that's nfl or college and sometimes that seems to be um you know more more easy for them uh than than what you would think with the kind of just pounding it up the middle every time well and speaking of you know pounding up the middle you, you mentioned earlier isaiah pacheco and i wonder if just like you said uh maybe one of the reasons he fell in the draft went undrafted uh, or no late round pick sorry seventh round pick but maybe one of the reasons he went so late is teams not sure about the mental side okay could he come in and, and make the reads right away does he have the vision to follow his blocks and get those seams right away when we need him to you know running backs you want to use them up on your rookie contract so I do wonder if now he's had a whole season of NFL experience under his belt if next year Pacheco we're going to see like a, a better version of him Chiefs could also just get a, done the running back too like that's not out of the question they, they could they you know it's tough it, it's it'd be really easy to overdraft him like draft a player mm-hmm. earlier this year than he did last year not to say that just because someone's a sixth round rookie this year that they beat out the seventh round pick from the previous year. But it, it is one of those things where do, do you find Pacheco improved to the season to the point where you think there'll be a, a, a step up as a sophomore? Yeah, I think so. I think there's just, um, I think it's the biggest thing for him also is timing. I think you see how, how hard he runs. Um, and I think really just knowing when to kind of put his pad level down and when to alter that going into defenders, um, because there's also times where he can kind of be a high cut runner, um, and then really kind of deceptive with his height, I think is, is really interesting. So, yeah, I think he did improve throughout the season. Um, really kind of just impressive to see the production that he got considering, I, I don't think he was really technically the starter to like week 10. Um, so I think including the playoffs, he's like, uh, 1200 or 1100 total scrimmage yards right now. And, and you think about kind of the chiefs and just Andy Reid loving to throw the ball, uh, around the yard right now. I think it also speaks volumes to just how much he trusts Pacheco already 
Um, this is kind of an offense that historically it takes it takes rookies a lot of time um, to really kind of earn consistent playing time, consistent chances. So um, I think just kind of that mix with him and and Jarek McKinnon. I think this is maybe the most most comfortable that Andy Reid's kind of felt with any running back um, as far as with Patrick Mahomes. And I guess one of the things we saw even in in the uh, the AFC Championship game was using Pacheco kind of on outside runs, but also throwing him the ball. 13 catches during the regular season. So that that idea of maybe also, you know, we trust him to run the football. We don't necessarily trust him, you know, to pass protect or to be out there running routes. But maybe that's something that also improves with year two. And maybe you can, you know, have easier runs inside with Pacheco if you show the ability to use him outside. And, I, I you know, he's pretty fast too. So he can make those outside runs. And I wouldn't call him just a, a plotter, even though it, it seems like that's his strength is to, you know, run north-south, run through contact. But he's got the the seat the speed pretty deceptive like you were mentioning earlier and I wonder if, if again if you showcase that those ideas make it makes it easier for him to run in the middle if the defense maybe anticipates oh they can throw screens to him or he can run outside yeah and I think that's I guess going into the Super Bowl kind of going to be I think the biggest challenge because they they really struggled to run the ball against the Bengals which I think Cincinnati was just really trying to to stack the box early on so they really didn't get it going. Um, with the Eagles, I think their size and, and speed up front, it, it is going to be, I think, a big, uh, big emphasis for the Chiefs to kind of get those those jet sweeps going and kind of those outside stretch runs. Um, I don't know if if maybe Mahomes ankle injury, we saw him kind of hopping uh, on his leg in the, uh, the end of the divisional round game. So I don't know if maybe that had an effect um, on less outside stretch zone runs in the conference championship. But I think they're going to have to at least attempt more outside runs against the Eagles or it's just going to be, uh, um, you know, a little bit more predictable for the Eagles defense in that game. Of all the great talented players that were, you know, there in championship Sunday on both, both games, really like, you know, you, you think of, well, okay, well, you know, Brock Purdy has done amazing, but you, you think of the other three quarterbacks, Mahomes, Burrow, Hertz, and all the weapons that all four of those teams have between Kelsey or, you know, you've got all pro players like Chase and, and you know, Higgins, Boyd, Hurst, Look to the Eagles, Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo, and all the running backs that are on those teams. All this talent on offense. And I would argue the two best players in each of the AFC and NFC championship game were defensive players. Chris Jones for the Chiefs, I think, was the best player in that game. Mahomes is pretty impressive, too, even on, on the ankle. But, but man, Chris Jones really did dominate. And, and uh, I guess uh, Spagnola didn't necessarily bring him too much. Like, it seems like that's something they've been doing a lot more this year is playing him as a defensive end instead of just as a tackle, uh, getting to the outside. And they seem to do that a lot this year. Didn't seem like they did that too much against the Chiefs until at the very end when they really needed it. So right. it's good to kind of save him for that. You know, you talk about situational football. That was kind of a situation where you'd want to put him in that scenario. And, you know, Chris Jones, probably the best player in the AFC Championship game. I would say Hassan Reddick was the best player in the NFC Championship game. So, it, and it's unfortunate with the Eagles, though, you can't just concentrate on Reddick because they've got talent across the D-line and through their linebacking core. So I'm sure um, Reed and Biennemi have uh, their hands full. Yeah, and it's it's something that I guess, thinking back to uh, the last time the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl and and Todd Bowles just kind of really, really uh, changing up his, his scheme from what they saw earlier in the year. Um, for the most part, the Eagles aren't a team that, that relies much on extra pressure or bringing extra rushers. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how much they maybe try to do that, um, especially with, I think, the speed they have really just throughout the whole defense. Uh, Avante Maddox as the slot corner. I think he can 
Uh, he can blitz. I think he's done it before a little bit with the Eagles, and I know he was kind of able to do that in college. And and really, this is a this is a linebacker room that just seems like they've gotten better and better with Philadelphia. Uh, T.J. Edwards in the middle, I think, really stands out. So uh, it'll be fascinating to see if Philly kind of alters to that uh, extra rusher, you know, type of game plan, or or if they're really going to still rely on really rushing four four guys most of the game like they have uh, most of this season. So. Um, I think that's going to be interesting to see with two weeks to prepare. Are any of these Chiefs offensive linemen part of the team that that lost to the Buccaneers a couple of years ago? Uh, let's see. I think I want to say Andrew Wiley was a was a backup, but I don't I don't think he. Uh, from what I remember, I don't remember him playing in that game. Yeah, because I was going to say I don't think any of these five starters were the five starters that were there. Because uh, there would have been Fisher and Schwartz, I think, as the edge protectors, and that was. I think before they signed Tooney and drafted Creed Humphrey. So I was thinking that too. I don't think any of these guys played in that game. So I think that the one that's the one advantage is you've got a much more talented offensive line. Yeah. And it's, it's uh it's kind of a weird offensive line where I feel like they're, they're almost better designed to be a run blocking team, but this is uh, definitely an offense, obviously that loves to throw the ball a lot more. So um, I, I feel like Orlando Brown jr. Is, is going to be a big X factor, a guy that doesn't handle speed very well. Um, but I think both of the years he's been with the Chiefs, he's he's gotten better, I think, in the second half of the season. Um, so the biggest challenge, I think, for him is just going to be Kenny kind of, um, you know, get to the proper landmarks and angles in his pass sets and and kind of if the Eagles are going to uh, bring any extra pressure, are they going to try to overload to that blind side? I, I think he's going to be um, the one that I think is, is maybe going to hold the biggest question mark going into the Super Bowl. Andrew Wiley didn't have a great, AFC championship game, couple of penalties, but um, I think for the most part, he's, he's been able to kind of react better to different styles of rushers. I think more compared to Brown. Not to pick on Wiley, but he would be kind of viewed as probably the weak link of the line. And it, it, not right. that he's a bad player. And I guess if, if he's your worst offensive lineman, that probably means it's a good line because he could go to some team's offensive lines, Chicago, and maybe be the best player. So, uh, <laughs> right. You know, it's not to, not to get not to pick on Wiley, but yeah, you're only as strong as your weakest link, and I, th- I think he's maybe you know average for a right guard, maybe slightly below average. Yeah, and and I think it's it's really been interesting to see how he's stepped up sometimes against the toughest of uh, of competition. Is his college teammate Max Crosby um, for the most part has been held in check against him. Um, so so I think it's kind of been interesting to see him step up when. Uh, he's either coming off a bad game or a bad stretch. So uh, maybe that'll that'll continue in the Super Bowl after a tough AFC championship game. But it's it's kind of one of those guys where I think he's he's really vulnerable, I think, for being sometimes uh, too high with his pad level, I think, is the biggest thing. And maybe that's where you see those penalties kind of creep up more than anything. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I want to speak about Steve Spagnola and what you know his task is going to have to be because yeah, very talented defense, but also one of the best offensive lines in football. Uh, really great receiving core. I mean, just like just think of the three top options of AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. 
and let alone all the running backs and how good that team is at running the football. Obviously, Jalen Hurts distributing to those weapons, but is a weapon himself. Um, one thing that happened in that game was uh, Legereus Sneed getting hurt. So I don't know if, you know, a couple of days later, if we have any expectations, if he'll be ready for the Super Bowl. Um, I know on the broadcast, they mentioned how they thought that might be a big blow. And frankly, I thought the Chiefs defense actually played well without Sneed. Yeah, there were times where, you know, Tyler Boyd playing out of the slot was getting, you know, Boy, I think more more yards on two catches than he did all last year in the AFC Championship game. So, uh, you know, do you think? I think. I mean, you'd obviously rather have Snead than not, but do you think it's that significant of a deal against this Eagles team? Yeah, I, I guess the biggest thing with Snead is uh, I I think he's he's kind of a do it all player. Where I I think you can kind of rely on the rest of the secondary to be at least uh, adequate in coverage. I think where Sneed's really missed is kind of the tackling in space. Um, Spagnolo, we know, is is very good about kind of breeding those defensive back blitzes. I don't think there's really any other um, guy on this team that can do it as good as LeJerry Sneed. So um, I, I know it was kind of reported that he's in concussion protocol, and maybe with two weeks he has a little bit better chance. But with the uh, the way that's kind of gone for teams this season, it's obviously never a – never a guarantee when you're going to get them back. So I, I think it's more of just maybe the uh, um, kind of just the do it all versatility that Snead has. I think for the most part in coverage, you've seen guys like uh, like Trent McDuffie um, and, and Jalen Watson, I think really get comfortable. So I, I, I don't know if it's maybe um, combating the pass is, is a bigger worry for losing Snead. I think it's more just making sure kind of those fundamental stuff like tackling um, is really kind of held in check if you have him in the lineup. It's interesting that you've explained it that way because my initial instinct was his impact would be felt more against the Chiefs than it would against the Eagles just because of how often they're playing with three wide receivers and that just how pass-heavy they are. But now the way you're talking about it, how good he contributes to the running, and we know how much the Eagles love to run and how the Bengals did seem like they really did struggle at running the football. Uh, maybe it actually is more of an impact will be felt against the Eagles, especially – you know, how often they play A.J. Brown in the slot. And, you know, talk about a good guy tackling in space. A.J. Brown's one of the best yards after catch receivers in the league. Like, that guy in space is great. So, you know, Snead is probably even going to have a tough task there, let alone whoever his backup is. So, at first, I was expecting your answer to be, no, it would have been a bigger impact than the Chiefs. But now, I think, you're, I think you've convinced me that it probably is actually a bigger impact than maybe some are playing. So, this will be huge to see uh, if he can uh, clear this concussion protocol. Yeah, and I, I just think it's... uh it's also going to be, I think, for I, I think the biggest question or maybe biggest goal that Steve Spagnuolo is maybe going to face is uh, I, I think you almost have to sell out as much as you can to stop the run game, um, especially with the offensive line of the Eagles. So um, I, I, I don't mean that necessarily in a way that you're um, discrediting Jalen Hurts. I think obviously he's still very dangerous, but I think you can live with kind of mixing coverages like you have the last couple games. Um, and still kind of playing heavy man coverage like like Steve Spagnuolo likes to do. So uh, I, I would kind of take your chances with, with um, you know, leaving guys on islands one-on-one. I, I think really to me it's it's you have to really stop the, uh, the run game first and foremost because uh, this has probably been the best rushing attack all season long. Uh, yeah, I saw that the Eagles just tied a record set in 1924 for touch, <laughs> rushing touchdowns in a season like regular and postseason combined. Obviously there were no playoffs back in 1924. Um, well, maybe not, not obvious if you didn't know that, but yeah, I think the first NFL playoff game is like 1933 or something. So uh, that would have been, that would have been 38 rushing touchdowns in like 12 games. 
11 games. So that's insane Jeez. for uh, the Yellow Jackets, who I'm not really sure what city they're in. But yeah, good good job, Yellow Jackets. And hey, good job, 2022 Eagles. And uh, <laughs> I mean, all they need is one more rushing touchdown. You, you really think they're not going to get one rushing touchdown in the Super Bowl? That would be, that would be a, a, an incredible defensive performance by the Chiefs if they stopped them completely from running the ball into the end zone and forced them to pass. Uh, but yeah, as much as, you know, it's the NFL, you don't really want teams to be incredibly efficient at passing it does seem like if you could stop the eagles run game and make them be one-dimensional that might be the best way to beat them now i guess by saying that and the emphasis on the run game does that mean less blitzing because we know how much spagnola loves to blitz or is it just simply we're not necessarily going to blitz off the edge as much we're going to do run blitzing as kind of a a run slash pass rush blitzing and maybe you're you're blitzing more from the middle to kind of take up those rushing lanes is that is that something he might do or is he just going to Typical Spagnola, all out pressures like 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 always. Yeah, I think I I think the point you made about kind of the run blitzes is is probably where I think they'll go. Um, I I think against the Bengals, what they did uh, a lot of times was kind of these these almost zone zone blitzes where um the the linebackers in the A or B gap would kind of drop back and almost spy. And I think against Jalen Hurts, I'd almost kind of expect that to continue. Uh, even with his shoulder injury, I mean he was he was still running pretty hard and and. Uh, taking a lot of contact so I, I I think seeing how the Niners almost spied him a little bit too uh, I, I think Spagnolo probably try to take parts of that and piece it together so yeah I think it'll be kind of those run blitzes um, and unless it's third down situations third and long I, I don't know if I'd expect as much all-out blitzing in this game I would say just on like the idea of hurts his shoulder I would argue it's probably a much bigger deal Mahomes ankle than hurts shoulder at this point. A the time since you know Mahomes got hurt at this point, what a week and a half ago, whereas Hertz has been this injury happened almost a month ago. So right. maybe even over a month ago, actually. So it's one of those things where I think by this point he's okay. I guess yeah, I can't remember when he got hurt, but I think he's had enough time to heal. I also think he looked really good this week not just Mm -hmm. running when he needed to, but also throwing the football. It looks like the shoulder hasn't affected his throwing motion. Not that before the season, he was never a high completion percentage anyway, but certainly the mechanics got there better this year and and the throwing was a lot better. Didn't seem like the shoulder affected his ability to throw the football. So I would say at this point, even though, you know, Mahomes is still able to get, get it done. And like at the end, get that run to get them into field goal range. Uh, you know, penalty helping them get more comfortable field goal range, but that might have that might have been enough for Butker from there. And I think they would have still had time to you know another play to get through. But all to say, the ankle it looked like it bothered Mahomes, but he'd still he was still able to play through it and do the things he needed to. But all that being said, I I think that's the bigger concern than than hurts his shoulder at this point. I I'd imagine I almost actually forgot about it until you mentioned it. Like I, I'm in my head, he's already fully healed. Like I, I like I think right. through the two playoff games, he hasn't been on the injury report. So I, I like in my mind, it's if it's not a hundred percent, it's ninety nine percent on his shoulder. Mm. So I I also wouldn't wouldn't like use that as a way to get bail out. Like the Chiefs, if they're going to play this, they got to play this well. And it's you know the hurts as far as I'm concerned isn't limited right now. Yeah, and and I guess the thing is, I think with uh, with the ankle, it, it it can probably I think maybe be affected more at any moment necessarily on any given play. Uh, probably compared to the shoulder, I think it's just um, you know, any any type of small hit low or or even just you know hitting uh, um, somebody's helmet. I I think if he's out running in space, um, I I think that's maybe a little bit more likely to maybe pop back up, so to speak. Then it hurts. Um, I, I I think 
basically with Hertz, it's almost you'd have to take a a direct it in a specific way. So yeah, I think I think that's definitely a good point. I and I guess the one thing with Mahomes is he could also in theory injure it just scrambling like non-contact wise too. I guess that's kind of the fear. Whereas because it's hurts his shoulder, if he's scrambling a certain way, like you know, you know, he could he'll be more likely to hurt an ankle than it, than it is to right. hurt the shoulder. So um Okay, so yeah, the health of the quarterbacks at this point is almost a moot point. They're they're two of the best quarterbacks in the league, so I know I'm definitely looking forward to the game. I think we've covered both sides of the football well, but is there any uh, aspect of either side of the Chiefs ball that we didn't cover that you'd like to add here? Yeah, I guess I guess maybe the biggest thing is uh, it it was really interesting to see how well the special teams did at the end of that Bengals game. I mean, uh, because of all the injuries to receivers, Sky Moore ended up. Uh, do some punt returns and he muffed some early in the season. So it was, uh, it was, it was kind of hold your breath when he was back there, but to see, um, you know, the, the return he had to kind of set that up. And then even Bucker went through a slump, uh, a slump this season. So um, I, I don't know if the special teams are ever going to be, you know, a guarantee to always find success. So I think that's going to be something again, if, uh, if there's uh, another tight finish in the Super Bowl against the Eagles, um, the chiefs, I think are just going to have to be, um, you know, viewed as, as more of a wild card compared to the Eagles. I think for the most part, the Eagles have done pretty well from what I've seen um, on special teams this year. So I, I think just seeing how they do, if it's a tight game, that's that's something that's going to be, uh, I think for Chiefs fans, holding your breath anyway. I mean, traditionally, the Chiefs have always had excellent special teams. So it's one of those, expect that tradition to continue, I suppose. Yeah, and, and Dave Tobe, I guess... <laughs> He's he's kind of always been under the fire. It seems like for a while. I think just with how long he's been with Reed, uh, it's maybe just a matter of people getting getting tired of some of the things he does. I think you know just kicking the ball short sometimes on kickoffs and and kind of allowing those long returns, little things like that. I think is what um, uh, maybe some fans have almost gotten tired of. But yeah, I think if if they can kind of uh, um, get the same trust they got in the FC Championship game, uh, hopefully it's kind of like they've done in recent history. Yeah, we'll never talk about kickers kicking it short here on the Full Press Packers pod and complain <laughs> about special teams. Oh, wait. Yeah, you, you all heard that speech a ton two years ago. But, yeah, Packers kind of fixed their special teams this year. That was We didn't really talk about them much. It was good. Thank thank you, Rich Passaccia. And thank you, Braden Holacek, for joining us. Um, again, ever check out the work at fullpresscoverage.com, at Full Press Chiefs. Uh, but is there anything else you'd like to plug, anything specific you want to share with people now? Uh, not too much, no. I think just uh... – I know full press NFL podcast. I think me and Ian or uh, me and Ian Glendon are probably going to try to do hopefully an episode every once in a while during the off season as well, to just kind of continue to get more, more content out there. And, and uh, obviously him and John Sapachetti do a great job. Uh, FPC radio live uh, YouTube, Facebook, um, I guess, wherever else you kind of get your podcast. They, they always do a great job kind of bringing up details from, from the NFL games or, or any other sports that sometimes not a not a lot of people are talking about. So it's always great to listen to them. Um, yeah, just uh, a lot of Super Bowl articles coming out. I I just had one on the Kelsey brothers come out today. I'm uh, probably going to have one about Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes uh, tomorrow. Obviously, kind of making history the first two black quarterbacks in Super Bowl history, and uh, both Texas natives. So so that's another uh, fun headline to kind of write about coming out tomorrow some reason i always think he's from minnesota but yeah his dad just pitched with the twins he didn't wasn't born in texas uh but uh but yeah um also you can follow brayden on twitter at brayden holacek nine i'm yep, at Senra says. Correct. 
Yep, thank you. Yeah, no problem, of course. Uh, I forgot to ask you to, to say it, so I, I thought I'd cover you there. But then, yeah, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at FBC underscore Packers. And uh, like I mentioned, in a couple weeks, we'll be back after the Super Bowl to kind of just recap this crazy 2022 season and prepare for the 2023 offseason. So we'll see you all next time. Full Press Packers Pod. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.